All right, here we go, Thursday, and we are live. Good to see everybody. Obviously not the greatest news in the world with uh, Russia invading Ukraine. But here's the thing with all this. It's all kind of funny how it works out, isn't it? Right when COVID is starting to fall apart, you have an invasion of Ukraine by Russia. It's just kind of funny tying those things all together is ambiguous at best, but it is rather it is rather uh, awkward. It is rather coincidental that lo and behold, the COVID narrative is falling apart. I'll show you some statistics that absolutely blow the entire COVID narrative apart in just a minute. They know those statistics are coming out. They know that the DOD statistics are coming out. They know that the vaccine deaths uh, statistics are coming out. They know that the, the COVID or the vaccine hospitalization rates are coming out. The CDC right now actively at this very moment is suppressing booster, all the booster information. They're actively suppressing the vaccinated hospitalization rates. They are doing that right now at this very moment. And lo and behold, it works out that all of everybody's attention is now in a country that they couldn't point out on a map if their life depended on it. And by the way, that may include me. It would take me a minute or two to probably find Ukraine. Also, uh, Justin Trudeau is out of the news after doing one of the most totalitarian things in modern democratic his democratic part democratic party well democratic country history. It's now wiped off the news, too. Nobody's talking about the Emergencies Act. Well, we will, of course, talk about it tonight and give you an update on that because we're not going to forget about these things. We're not going to forget about COVID-19 because people can talk about the greatest uh, conspiracies and the greatest uh, hoaxes that have ever been pulled off, whatever it may be, So you know, whether it's the collusion hoax the two impeachments that were complete hoaxes, whatever it may be, nothing is bigger in history than what has been perpetrated on the world, not just the United States, on the world as a result of a virus that was created in the Wuhan Institute of Virology by the CCP, by Anthony Fauci, by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, by the PLA, by Ralph Barrick and UNC, by Equal Health Alliance and Peter Daszak. Those things are not going to change. Millions of people have died because of because of COVID-19. I don't believe the five to six to seven million that they say. And of course, I do not believe the 900 and some odd thousand they say died in America from COVID-19. Those are not true. However, we can easily say that a few million people did die of COVID-19. Just like every year, a few million people die of the flu and die of common colds every year also so many people did die because of COVID-19 but many more people will die as a result it's not even close by the way many more people have already died you're like Tom get on to the Ukraine I will but I want to set it up many more people have died as a result of the response to COVID-19 than will ever die of COVID-19 already I want you to make sure you understood that statement more people have already died as a result of the response to COVID-19 than will ever die, ever in the history of the world, will ever die of COVID-19 itself. What are you talking about, Tom? Well, about three to 400 million people have already starved to death. They will never come back. It's not a Hollywood movie. All the Hollywood elitists and everybody always thinks that they're in a movie, you know, and they lock people up for not wearing a mask. They destroy people's businesses. They think it's a, they think it's a, for a 99.9% survival virus during 15, uh, 15 days, well, 30, 23 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. These are not movies. There's not going to be any prequels or sequels. 
those people are dead. The three to 400 million people, that's three to 400 million people have died as a, of starvation as a result of the last 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Because, and you think you notice that, but in a world with 8 billion people, 300 million, you would, it wouldn't register to you, believe it or not. It doesn't register to me either. Because when you shut down the first world, the third world starves to death. So already during those 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, about three to 400 million people starved to death. While all the globalist, elitist, bourgeois snobs are out there with their masks on, pimping and whoring vaccines, allegedly trying to save lives because they're just the purveyors of life, right? Well, while they were doing that, three to 400 million people starved to death. By the way, that's not my statistical data. That comes from the, that bastion of right-wing conservatives called, conservatism called the United Nations. That's an absolute fact. And that 300 million, that was from about a year ago. So who knows how many it is now? So during that 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. So when everybody talks about the deaths in Ukraine that are going to happen and that have already happened, remember what these people have already done. And now they're going to try to get other people to die more because they hate They hate humanity. They want more people to be dead inside of Ukraine. So 300 to 400 million people have starved to death as a result of the response to COVID-19. Nothing to do with COVID-19. So while they're trying to save 5 million, they killed 400 million. During that exact same time of 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, another 100 million babies were butchered inside the womb. So there we go again. So we have 400 million die of starvation. Those again, those compassionate purveyors of life, those that are out there trying to make everybody live. We're only doing this for your health. Those are the same exact people were absolutely fine with about 90 to 100 million babies being butchered inside the womb. Last year alone, in 2021, there's 41.2 million abortions worldwide from the exact same people like Anthony Fauci, like Joe Biden, like Klaus Schwab, all of them pro-death, like Deborah Birx, like Hillary Clinton, like Kamala Harris, any other Democrat you want to name that are allegedly trying to save people's lives by pimping and whoring vaccines that are killing more people. During that exact same time of 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, these world lifeguards butchered about 100 million babies inside the womb, in the birth canal, and even outside the womb. So now we're up to about a half a billion people that they've killed all the while saying that they want to save people's lives by pimping and whoring vaccines, locking you down, opening up COVID camps, force masking, vaccine mandates, a vaccine mandate to stop transmission using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission. And so we're at about a half a million deaths caused now so far by the world economic forum type bourgeois elites that have forced their COVID tyranny on everybody. And you see all of this information is coming out and I haven't even hit the vaccines yet. So all this information is coming out and lo and behold, Vladimir Putin, and by the way, none of what I say tonight, am I saying that he is a virtuous person at all? But we have to ask ourselves, what's the difference between Vladimir Putin not wanting NATO uh, ballistic missiles next door in Ukraine, the provinces right next to Russia, and the United States not wanting Russian ballistic missiles in Cuba? 
What's the difference? But yet somehow he gets pushed into a war that never happened. You see, and all the, you know what's so funny about Democrats right now is they're still talking about Trump. Don't even bother. Just remember that Ukraine was invaded during the presidency of Joe Biden. While they sat there and waited, all this while Xi Jinping's now flying more and more flights over Taiwan too. So Taiwan will be the next domino to fall unless something changes. None of this happened under Donald Trump. There's also, there's actually rumors of conversations. I saw this on Hannity, or actually I saw it on Bongino, Dan Bongino. It's unverified, but there was rumors of conversations that Donald Trump had with Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping in person. They actually said, he actually told Vladimir Putin, if you invade Ukraine, I will bomb Moscow. And then he told Xi Jinping, if you move on Taiwan, I will bomb Beijing. And lo and behold, what never happened? There was absolutely nothing. But I just want you to know this because I've been tracking all of this stuff since March of 2020 and before, since so when the whole COVID thing hit. There was no flights over Taiwan, no war games around Taiwan, nothing from China at all during the presidency of Donald J. Trump. You know, you get all these left-wingers out here now talking about how Mitt Romney was right that the greatest existential threat to humanity was Russia. Russia Russia doesn't have the economy of Texas. You need to be, look, that's an absolute fact, by the way. They don't have the economy of Texas. They probably don't have the oil reserves of Texas. They don't have a, a millionth of the oil reserves of, the, of America. They don't have anything in comparison, but they're not the greatest threat to the world at all. But but they can use be used as a pawn. The other thing to think about is if you're sat, if you've been sitting there for years, and the Democratic Party, who they were all saying they were terrified that Trump was going to start World War III, for years the Democratic Party is saying that they never they never bring up Xi Jinping, who has a basically a hooker spy sleeping with Eric Swalwell. He has a spy driving around Diane Feinstein for 20 years. Mitch McConnell's wife's family does millions slash maybe billions of dollars worth of business with the CCP. And then you have Mitch voting on different bills having to do with the CCP. It's just like the 75 congressmen and women who hold, who hold stock and who hold Pfizer stock and then are voting on whether or not to mandate Pfizer to you. But, to, but for years, you have all of these Democrats basically calling Vladimir Putin a colluder. He's colluding. Remember, they said that he colluded with Russia, and that's why Donald Trump, I mean, that Donald Trump colluded with Russia, which we all know is a bold-faced lie, which we don't have time to get into tonight. But just on the surface of it, so you have them saying that he, he caused Donald Trump to win an election by corruptly involving Russia with the election. Well, what did Russia do? What's the exact numbers? Does everybody know? that Russia spent on the 2016 election. Does anybody know? $200,000. That's what they spent. And they bought ads against Donald Trump and for Donald Trump. They bought ads against Hillary Clinton and for Hillary Clinton. It was just basically to cause chaos is all that they did. They certainly didn't buy much. They didn't buy Donald Trump the presidency. And we all know the Mueller investigation was a complete fraud. Perkins Coie, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, Hillary, you know, Hillary Clinton's law firm, per Perkins Coie. All that was a bold-faced lie. 
with the FISA warrants, bullface lie, Roger Robert Mueller's investigations, all based on bullface Hillary Clinton trumped up lies. That's all coming at, uh, out now. Again, that's all coming out now too from Robert from 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 the Durham investigation. And it's funny too because the Durham investigation will also unearth Ukrainian things. It will unearth Ukrainian facts and statistics or statistical information, financial statistical information on the Biden family. That will also come up. So here we go. So lo and behold, right when all this is happening, we have suddenly Vladimir Putin basically being, man, they were cajoling him. I'm not saying whether he would would have invaded or not, but they were cajoling him into invading. They keep on, their threat always is NATO. Ukraine being admitted into NATO. If you admit Ukraine into NATO, then you can put intercontinental ballistic missiles onto Ukraine right next to Russia. That's what they don't want. Just like we don't want Cuba to have intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles sitting uh, 90 miles off of the Florida coast. We don't want that either. And I'm not justifying anything else Vladimir Putin has done, but what makes him different than us when it comes to Ukraine and us and Cuba? What makes him different? Again, I'm not, I'm not espousing his virtue. I'm against this invasion because people will needlessly die. And there's a lot of other things. Ha- there's a lot of other contributing factors. But back to the COVID thing real quick. So about a half a billion people have died so far from the COVID response, having nothing to do with COVID. Along with COVID itself, which of course was made in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as I said earlier, by Democrats and by the CCP and PLA, so they made the virus that has killed one or two million people. That's the true statistics. And then they offer their solution, which is the vaccine, which is currently killing millions of people and maiming millions of people and will cause millions of people to be on blood thinners for the rest of their lives and myocarditis and, par- and pericarditis for the rest of their lives. So they're doing all of these things. And lo and behold, when all the statistical data with the DOD now, the DOD is looming large. That is a storm off the coast that the Democrats do not want to see because it is irrefutable data of 300% increase in heart attacks in the military, 300% increase in myo and pericarditis, 300% increase in miscarriages, 2 to 300% increase in skin cancer, 2 to 300% increase in blood clotting. Two to three hundred percent increase in Bell's palsy and neoplasm skin cancer. Two to three hundred percent increase in testicular cancer. That's absolute fact. When you compare 2016 to 2020 data, those averages from those five years compared to 2021, that's the increase in one year. Three hundred to up to a one thousand percent increase in neurological disorders in the military in one year, and they know that data is coming out. So instead of the DOD focusing on that data, they got the DOD dispatching troops into Eastern Europe. That's the thing. So let's get on with it. Here's Joe Biden tweet. Vladimir Putin, this is what he said during the election or just after the election. It looks like 220. The day, this looks like his inauguration day. The day after his inauguration day. Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in this field who's ever gone toe-to-toe with him. That's 221-20, so during the election, at the beginning stages of the campaign. Toe-to-toe. So Just remember, the Democrats, this is, this is Joe Biden owns this war. This never happened. They can say whatever they want about Donald Trump. 
Donald, under Donald Trump's reign, under Donald Trump's four years as president, Vladimir Putin didn't even sniff Ukraine. Now, if you go four years before that, during the Obama-Biden administration, what did Vladimir Putin do? Vladimir Putin annexed Ukraine, militarily took, oh, not all of Ukraine, took over Crimea during the Biden administration. So he just waits for Democrats. And how the Democrats can sit around and act like this isn't the case is truly laughable. Go to the next one for me, Will. Bernard Carrick tweet. Let's sum up the Biden administration's 14 months. In 14 months, Joe Biden has allowed close to 1 million illegals, Bernard, Bernard Carrick's way off on that one, it's 2 million plus illegals, into our country, that's an absolute fact. CRT in our classrooms, seen the most substantial violent crime increase in 30 years, really, in history, allowed Russia to invade Ukraine, and has China look, looking at Taiwan licking their lips. I wrote down some other ones, see some other Biden accomplishments. Hyperinflation, the highest in 40 years. It's actually 2 million illegals. 13 American soldiers slaughtered at the Abbey Gate at Hamikazide Airport for absolutely no reason whatsoever. 10 to 15 kids and families twice killed by the Obama administration for drone, uh, during drone strikes for absolutely no reason whatsoever. The last one was absolutely laughable when they say they took out a terrorist but killed a family of 10 with a whole bunch of kids. Also, they could say they were doing so, nothing so that so they could say they're doing something about terrorism. The only reason why they're doing it is so that Biden can look like something in the mainstream in the mainstream media. Of course, we had the entire Afghan debacle, Afghan debacles being simply they gave up Bagram Airport 400 miles from the Chinese from the Chinese border. An awesome, just a strategically perfect Air Force base of which we should have done all the mass evacuations where you evacuate all your civilians. And by the way, anybody who believes that it's less than two, three hundred Americans that are over still stranded in Afghanistan. No, no, it is thousands upon thousands. If you listen to people who actually know what they're talking about, it's up to 20,000 Americans that are actually stranded in Afghanistan. Not to mention green card holders, not to mention our allies that are being slaughtered in the street by the new CCP, really the new CCP army. They actually call themselves the People's Liberation Army in the Emirates of Afghanistan. That's what Afghanistan is called now. But the entire Afghan debacle where Joe Biden left $82 billion worth of American military equipment making the Emirates, the Emirates of Afghanistan army, the 26th largest army on the planet, right next door to China, also surrendering all their trillions and trillions of dollars worth of mineral rights right to the Chinese. And it's funny how, again, you hear me say this all the time, everything Joe Biden does benefits the PLA. Everything Joe Biden does benefits China. Everything Joe Biden does benefits the CCP because he was bought and paid for the $1.5 billion check to Hunter Biden for consultancy fees given to Hunter Biden by a CCP controlled bank while Hunter and Joe flew over to China on Air Force Two in 2014. Absolute fact and neither one of them denies it. Some more Biden accomplishments. He had 150,000 more COVID deaths according to his own CDC statistics, 150,000 more COVID, COVID deaths in 2021 than there was in 2020. And remember 2021, you have the fabulous, undeniably fantastic vaccine. Right, and, and, and 150,000, according to the CDC, 150,000 more Americans died while being somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 70 percent vaccinated during the year of 2021. The 150,000 more Americans died in 2021 
that with the illustrious vaccine fully in place, then died in 2020. He also ended our energy dependence for the first time. We were a net exporter of fossil fuels during the Trump administration. He ended that on day one, canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, canceling uh, oil leases on federal lands. And now he's begging OPEC. And he was, by the way, begging. We, we, we imported, just so everybody knows, a record amount of oil from who? In 2021. Russia itself, and now he's be- and he was just got done begging Russia to pump more oil, to produce more oil, just like he is doing right now with OPEC. So there's the there's the illustrious accomplishments of Joe Biden so far. This this is a perfect illustration. You can put that pick up for me, Will. If you go side by side here, just going down the graph, you got you know Mel Gibson on the right and the various administrations on the left. The Russian invasion of Ukraine cycle. Here we go under Obama now and now during Trump, 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 Trump. Hold, 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 hold. And now Biden. Now you go. It's I mean they can deny it all they want. The Democrats can deny it all they want. They can try to blame it on Trump all they want. This guy waited a full year. Vladimir Putin waited a full year and sat there and watched demonstrable weakness day after day, week after week. Watched our military with all their wokeutopian te- all their new wokeutopian classes and their new wokeutopian trainings diversity trainings gender equity trainings racial equity tra- trainings 60 day complete shutdown in our military and from February to March of 2021 the entire military was completely shut down to root out systemic racism and I've yet to see a systemic racist incident even occur in the military Of course, transgender equity, all sorts of multicolored flags. Vladimir Putin just sat there and watched and waited and just confirmed, is this Democrat regime as weak as I thought they were? And of course, yes, they are. So let's go to the next one. This is a Kylie X video moment. You have to watch the translations on the bottom. Kylie X video moment. Putin threatened Europe, U.S., and most likely also Turkey with a nuclear attack. You can that Whether that's true or not, you can gauge it for yourself. I don't think he was threatening anybody with a nuclear attack, but we'll see. Play it for me. Мною прийнято рішення о проведенні спеціальної воєнної операції. Її ціль – захиста людей, які на протяжении 8 років підвергаються іздівательствам, геноциду со сторони київського режиму. Призываю вас немедленно сложити оружие і йти домой. Поясню. Всі воєнослужащі української армії, які виконують це требування, смогут беспрепятственно покинуть зону бойових дій и вернуться к своим семьям. Кто бы ни пытался помешать нам, а тем более создать угрозы для нашей страны, для нашего народа, должны знать, что ответ России будет незамедлительным и приведет вас к таким последствиям, с которыми вы в своей истории еще никогда не сталкивались. Мы готовы к любому развитию. So the question we have to ask ourselves is why are we at where we're at? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Forget about all the, you know, the threats made by Vladimir Putin, all the posturing by Vladimir Putin. Why are we at where we're at? Let me run down. Number one, most of you know, if you watch this podcast, where I'm going to go with this, and I'll do this briefly. The reason why we are at where we're at is because Joe Biden is president. Joe Biden is president because the church, conservatives, independence in that order the church the real evangelical saved born again people caved then the conservatives caved conservative politicians pastors everybody caved independence caved of course the left caved 
And the left didn't cave. The left was actually instituting an agenda to get a fraudulently elected president elected via, obviously, via fraudulent election. So here's the thing. So every all the, the first you had the church cave, and then we go on descending order. So once you cave and you start closing your churches and wearing masks, you give validity to their argument that you cannot have a legitimate election. By legitimate, I mean just the standard election. But instead, what we have was a bunch of people who allegedly were too afraid to come and vote in person. So once you have that, then you give them license to shut down the vote count at two o'clock in the morning and manufacture ballots. Because already there was a Zucker box in every urban center on every corner of every urban center in America where you have untraceable ballots, non-signature verified ballots. No, no chain of custody ballots jammed into these boxes. There's video after video of people just showing up with boxes of ballot ballots and stuffing, stuffing them in to, to these Zucker boxes. So you gave the moment you closed your church, COVID caving pastor, you gave validity to them saying, this is too much of a threat to have a normal election. Since we didn't have a normal election, somebody like Joe Biden received the world's record, the highest number of votes. In an American political history, Joe Biden, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, probably outside of Hillary Clinton, the most unlikable politician in American history, Kamala Harris, received the most votes of any ticket, any presidential ticket, any ticket in American political history. All because the church, then the conservatives, then the independents, then the moderates, all caved to COVID, a 99.9% survival virus. So in order not to offend the lunatics, all of these people embraced lunacy. You knew down deep inside, if you're a COVID caver, you knew it wasn't some great existential threat to your life. See, I remember being in law enforcement during when AIDS came out, HIV. People were legitimately concerned because back then there was no treatment and you were dead if you caught it. That's how, and that's how people act. That's not how people acted with COVID. Everybody treated COVID almost like some sort of bourgeois trend. Got your masks on. Some of you church people, you actually had masks with your church names on it. It was actually sort of a, a trendy bourgeois thing. Even now there's news reports coming out of Democrats who don't want to give up their masks because they don't want to be identified as Republicans. So it's got nothing to, and you knew down deep inside that you, by locking down your church, you were not going to prevent anybody from getting COVID, but you, yet you did it anyway, because you wanted to be seen as a team player. You, you, you don't embrace lunacy to not offend the lunatics. That's why I never closed, never masked, never social distanced, ever. Not one code of, of course, I'll never vax. None of those things ever, because I, I just looked at the simple vax. If you look at the Stanford Ionitis study that runs it down from ages 0 to 19, post-infection survival rate, 99.997%. From base, I'll just give the basic numbers, 20 to 50, post-infection survival rate, 99.98%. 50 to 7, 70, post-infection post-infection survival rate, 99.5%. And you're like, well, everybody's dead after 70. No, 70 and above, even 80 and above. The post-infection survival rate runs 95 to 96%. Absolute fact, please pull it up. It is called the Axe-Force Lionitis Stanford COVID-19 Post-Infection Survival Rate Study. Please look it up. 
Those are absolute facts. And they were available. They, they did a second one with the same numbers. They did the first one. I'm like, why would anybody close their church down? Well, we don't want to be seen this way. We don't want to be seen as lacking compassion. Forget that. You look at facts and you operate. If the lunatics are telling you to respect us, if somebody says, you know what? I am gay and I want to be married. You don't go, well, I'll embrace it as a Christian. No, you go and you look at the word of God and you make a stand and you say, no, that's sin. You're welcome to live however you want. Go and sin all that you want to sin. As long as you're not killing people or stealing from people, go sin however you want. But I'm not going to sit there and tell you that it's okay. I'm not going to go to your gay wedding. You don't do that. You don't embrace lunacy to not offend the lunatics. You don't embrace stupidity to not offend the stupid. You don't embrace ignorance to not offend the ignorant. You speak the truth in love. Ephesians chapter four, verse 15. You stand in the truth. And because the Christians first and foremost caved and they're putting out all their false love narrative, when you're supposed to stand in the word of God, whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loose. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Whatever it is, you stand on the word of God. That's what you're supposed to do. But instead, all the Christians bought into because the word of God is not loving enough for most Christians. So the word of so the Christians decided that Anthony Fauci and even the Trump administration, and then after that, the Biden administration and Deborah Burks and the CDC and Francis Collins and Rochelle Walensky are all more loving than the Bible. So when they say mask, you mask. When they said vax, you vax. When they said pimp the vax, you pimped it. When they said whore the vax, you hoard it. They said social distance and you did it. They said don't they, they said lock down your church for 15 days. And when it turned into 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And you did it because you thought you were more loving doing what they said instead of what the Bible says. That's why we ended up where we're at. We ended up with a fraudulently elected president because all the Christians endorsed and gave credibility to an election held where nobody actually had to show up in person. An election held where they shut down the vote count for the first time in my life at two o'clock in the morning. An election held that in Pennsylvania, when I went to bed at three o'clock in the morning, Donald Trump was up by six to 800,000 votes. And when I got up in the morning, he was, he was up by 1,400. That never happens in the history of, but it was all because the church, the evangelical church and many other conservatives went ahead and lended validity and credibility that that COVID-19 is the next coming of the bubonic plague, which opened up the door to a fraudulent election, which has given us Joe Biden. So that's, that's the first, that's the very first foundation we have to look at. But so that's done now, the re, now where, why are we there? Because Joe Biden is president. And now let's look at what Joe Biden has done since being president. And this is why we have Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine. As we speak right now, put up the Babylon B a little mockery first. Biden warns. So remember, we have Biden now. So now we'll look at how we are, where we are because of Joe Biden. Biden warns Russia that if they don't stop, he will deploy deadly trans admiral. That's where we're at. Okay, let's go to the next one. Now, this guy right here, let's go to the next one. He was hired by Joe Biden. He was hired by Joe Biden. He's in charge of dis disposing of nuclear waste in America. This guy, 
Hired by Joe Biden, you don't think that Vladimir Putin sees? Why does Vladimir Putin feel free to do whatever he wants to do? Because Joe Biden hires this guy, and the picture before, of course, was Richard Levine, notorious grandma killer out of Pennsylvania, who initiated, who 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 enforced Tom Wolf's basically uh, infecting nursing homes with COVID-infected patients. Remember that story? Tom Wolf did it. Gavin Newsom did it. Uh, Cuomo did it. Phil Murphy did it. They all sent COVID-infected patients into nursing homes. All of them did it. That's New York, New Jersey, Pencil- Gretchen Whitmer did it, Pennsylvania, California did it. All these people, all these lifesavers, all these world lifeguards, right? So they sent COVID-infected patients. Then you got Richard Levine now is in charge of some sort of ma- major medical area of the federal government in his goofy, stupid Navy-looking uniform. And he himself, right before they initiated, sending infected COVID patients into nursing homes, made sure that he pulled out his own mother first. And you notice how I call him he, where many other people, he's changed his name to Rachel Levine. By the way, he still has a penis. Unless you lop that bad boy off, I'm calling you by what sex you are. It has to be lopped off. You lop it off, I'll call you a she. Until you do, nah. Don't think so. There's, there's, there's criminal reports. Remember, I, I was a cop for 25 years, 92, 2017. There's criminal reports out there alleging that you have a female raping another female using her penis to rape her. Those are all, that's currently happening on police reports right now. And you see, if you start calling the he a she because you're afraid to offend the lunacy, then there you are. You are accepting lunacy to not offend the lunatics. That's like accepting, just so you know, COVID caving Christians, that you're going to accept pro-choice to not offend those who are pro-choice. You're, you're, not, you're going to become a Democrat to not offend the Democrats. It's the same exact principle. All right, here's a report. This is a YouTube video. Tucker takes aim at military's newest required reading. Play it for me. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, if you want to understand a country's military, take a look at what its officer corps is reading. Military officers aren't just war fighters, they're trained to be thinkers, even intellectuals. Some of them have advanced degrees. In Russia, officers above the rank of colonel are required to read a book by a Russian nationalist called Alexander Dugin called The Foundations of Geopolitics. Dugin's book envisions a Eurasian empire with Russia at the center of it and then outlines a way to achieve that. In China, meanwhile, recruits are told to read The Origin and Goal of History. It teaches that China is successful because its culture is superior to the West's. Now, you might not agree with them, but these are serious books, and they promote the national interests of the countries whose officers read them. That's why they're assigned. And that makes sense. So with that in mind, what are American military officers reading these days? Well, let's see. A subliterate pamphlet on how the United States is a disgusting, immoral country that must be changed immediately and forever. That tract is entitled How to Be an Anti-Racist. It is written by a former University of Florida professor called Henry Rogers, who now that he is rich and famous, goes by his revolutionary name, Ibram X. Kendi. The book is garbage. Actually, it's worse than that. Not only is it embarrassingly stupid, it is poisonous. Kendi's premise is as simple as he is. Any system that produces unequal outcomes must be racist, period. That's it. That's the entire thesis. And Kendi applies it to everything. If some people make more money than other people, then the economy is racist. If Ibram X. Kendi decides there aren't enough black astrophysicists, 
then astrophysics is, by definition, racist. If it rains in a black neighborhood but not across town, then what you're watching is weather racism. Actually, Kennedy didn't really write that, probably because he has no detectable sense of humor. But there's no question that he believes it. The book is that militantly dumb. So how do we respond to all of this racism in the United States? Well, Kennedy provides a solution. Quote, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. He actually wrote that. In other words, his book against racism promotes racism. Now, you'd think that might be a red flag for people, contradicting as it does the founding principles of the country as well as basic human decency, but no. The people in charge love the book. It's all over corporate America. You can probably pick up a free copy at your HR department tomorrow morning if you want. But the military? It, you can't imagine the U.S. military would assign a book like that, recommended to every sailor in the U.S. Navy. Well, yes, actually. On Tuesday, Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana demanded an explanation for this from the Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Michael Gilday. Here's how it went. Kendi's book states that capitalism is essentially racist. And Kendi is clear that racism must be eliminated. So yes or no? Do you personally consider advocating for the destruction of American capitalism to be extremist? Here's what I know, Congressman. So yes There's or no racism question, Admiral. in the United States Navy. Admiral, you I recommended every sailor in the United States Navy read this book. So yes or no question. I'm not forcing anybody to read the book. It's on a recommended reading list. Admiral, did you read the book? I did. Admiral, you said you read this book. What part of this book is redeeming and, and qualifies as something that, that every, every sailor in the United States critical should read it. about his own journey as an African-American in this country, what he's experienced. Let me ask you again, Admiral, do you expect that say, after sailors read this book that says that the United States Navy is racist, that we will increase or decrease morale, cohesion, and recruiting rates into the United States Navy? I think we'll be a better Navy from having open, honest conversations about racism. Open and honest conversations about All right, so you've got Admiral Gilday here, Mike Gilday saying there's racism in the United States Navy. Where? I mean, I just I I'm sure there's a racist somewhere in there. I'll bet you there's black people in the Navy that are racist. I'll bet you there's white people in the military that are racist. Uh, you know, just like when I was a cop, I'm sure there's some white cops and black cops that are racist and Asians that are racist, whatever it may be. But I want to know, give me the statistical data so that when you are when you are recommending a book titled How to Be an Anti-Racist and you're the you're one of the highest ranking officials in the United States Navy, which, by the way, the United States Navy has been an international joke for the last couple years. Ever since ever, during the Biden administration, and even before that, even under Trump, because all of these woke leaders were actually in place during Trump's administration, whether it's Mark Milley. I mean, Lloyd Austin has come in since then, but these guys were in place before. So the, the military, the Navy specifically has been a joke. We've had ships bumping into one another, surrendering to basically a twin outboard uh, Mako boats. Uh, you know, outside of Iran, Navy personnel just surrendering to the to the Iran Navy, which is basically not a Navy at all, but nothing more than charter fishermen out on a cruise on a Saturday afternoon. And you have the United States Navy surrendering to them. The Navy has been an absolute joke. But I just want to know, so he says there's racism in the United States Navy. I just want to know where. I want to know the reports. I want to see the reports of the racism. 
Then when you're going to, when you are going to, you're going to make basically by putting it on, not, not an essential, I guess, reading, a recommended reading list by Abram X. Kendi, uh, how to be an anti-racist. I want to see the documented proof that there's racism in the United States Navy. I just want to see it. Here's the next cut from, uh, from, from, uh, from Tucker Carlson. I can't remember exactly what this one's about. Play it for me. In college. Kendi stated that white people are a different breed of humans and are responsible for the AIDS virus. Yes or no, do you personally consider the conspiracy that white people started AIDS to be an extremist belief? Sir, I'd have to understand the context. That is a simple question. Made. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say. Admiral, here. this is a book I'm that you recommended here, sir, every defend, sailor in the United States Navy cherry read. picked quotes from somebody's book. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> do you consider the statement that white people created AIDS an extremist statement? I can't comment on that. <laughs> I don't need the context for that. Yeah, just answer the question. Did, do you believe that white people created AIDS? And do you believe that they're a different breed of human? Answer, yes or no. If I was asked that question about black people, Asian people, uh, Native American people, whatever, whatever, whatever nationality you want to name, whatever skin color it may be, I would answer that question with, do you consider, do you consider it to be a conspiracy theory that black people started AIDS? Absolutely. It's a conspiracy theory. Do you believe that black people are a different breed of human? Absolutely not. But he can't even answer that question because all of them on the inside are projecting onto you. When he says that there's racism inside the Navy, you know who the racist is? Mike Gilday, because they project on everybody else exactly who they are. Play the next one for me, Will. Michael Gilday believes the entire U.S. Navy should study. Imagine working for someone like Admiral Michael Gilday. Most normal people cannot even imagine that, so they're leaving the military. One Marine told us that military, a military history training session was replaced with mandatory training on police brutality, white privilege, and systemic racism. He reported that several officers are now leaving his unit, citing that training. Another service member told us that their unit was required to read White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, which claims, and this is a quote, white people raised in Western society are conditioned into a white supremacist worldview. An airman told us their unit was forced into a racist exercise called a privilege walk where members of the wing were ordered to separate themselves by race and gender in order to stratify people based on their perceived privilege. Remember, what we're doing is we're investigating and answering the question, why are we at where we are at? Why is it that Vladimir Putin feels absolutely comfortable and non-threatened in any way, shape, or form, not scared at all, to waltz all the way through Ukraine? He's basically at Kiev right now, doing whatever he wants to do, because right now, because our military is doing privilege walks and reading books about white fragility. And but this is what's going on in Ukraine right now. Play it for me, Will. You see, gender studies is not going to stop a missile from flying through the air and blowing up whatever it just blew up. That was in Ukraine. That was from today or yesterday. See, st studying about white fragility and gender equity and transgender rights doesn't do anything to stop Vladimir Putin whatsoever. Go to the next one for me, Will. Major General, 
Is that the one? Here we go. Why the army thinks, now this is Major General, this is active military, Major General Joe Clyborne. That's a woman, by the way. Why the army thinks a French manicure, this is what she puts out on social media, is an, uh, is an obnoxious color compared to the civilian world, which views it as an understated yet professional look, is beyond me. But I, see now, wh why would, leave this up, why would Vladimir Putin not feel, fear our military? I have no idea, right? But I have to be in uniform tomorrow, she says. So here we are. It looked nice while it lasted. Put up the pic for me. There she is at her desk with her feet up talking about her, her manicure. I wonder, I wonder, I'm just curious. I wonder if any soldier in Xi Jinping's army, the C, well, the CCP is his party, the army being the PLA or the Russian army, I wonder if they're putting out any social media posts whatsoever, let alone one that looks like this. And we're wondering why Vladimir Putin is running all over the planet doing whatever it is that he wants to do. He may not even stop at Ukraine. Who's going to stop him? You know, I saw one of my favorite people. On social media, Jack Posobiec, absolutely adore Jack Posobiec. Make sure you follow him. One of the best sources out there. But he said, you know what? If they, he said, I can't remember what the threat was, but if Putin does this, then we're going to level him like they've never seen before. And that's not a quote. That's my own verbiage. And I just replied to him, how? Who, who's going to level him? I mean, Mark Milley? Lloyd Austin? What's what's her name? That I did? Major Joe, General Joe, Joe Clyborne? McKinsey? The people who led... The Afghan debacle, they're going to level Russia? We've lost every single war game right now. We have war game time and time again against China if they invaded to Taiwan. And here's a quote. It wasn't close. We've lost every one and it wasn't close. We don't have the largest military. We don't have the largest military. We don't have the largest Navy. We don't have the most technologically savvy Navy. We do not have the most technologically advanced Navy on the planet. China does. China does. And we get into a whole debate about which is more of an existential threat, China or Russia. It's not close. China is the biggest threat in the world by far. They have an economy that matches or even surpasses the United States economy. And, and Russia has the economy of Texas, if they're lucky. So why why is Putin feel free to do whatever he wants to go to the next one for me will? This is actually this is a real photo. This isn't this is not at a costume party and this is the United States military. This is this is where we are at. This is this is exactly where we are at right now at this very moment. This is why you don't put a mask on your face and appease the lunatics and allow them to run a fraudulent election that puts somebody in charge that allows this to occur in the military. So Tom, are you saying that you would ban transgenders from the military? Yes. How are you going to deter the PLA with this? I mean, look at this picture, folks. This is the United States of America. And that's why, Vlad, the, when, let me ask you this. When, when did these pictures come out during the Trump administration? I'm, I'm just I, I, I'm curious. I was, on so, I was on social media. I never saw any of these pictures come out when, the, when Trump was president. They've come out because you have a leftist, bourgeois elitist 
who doesn't even believe in any of this himself. He's just using it to usher in his globalist Klaus Schwab world economic form. It's whether it's transgenderism, leave this up, Will, transgenderism, racial equity, systemic racism, climate change, COVID-19, all of those, none of them believe in whatsoever. They use them as vehicles to usher in their new world order. That's what it's all about, where you are marked distance controlled, where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR-coded mark of the beast, which is we've already seen proliferated throughout the globe right now. The precursor to the actual mark of the beast is your vaccine passport or your digital credit scoring system. That's, that's the precursor of the mark of the beast. Unless it's on your forehead or on your right hand, it is not. But that technology is being let loose right now in Sweden where they're implanting people in their hands. I don't know if it's their right hands. Let's go to the next one. YouTube video exchange. This is one of the greatest. It's a little lengthy, but I'm going to tell you, it's worth watching. I think it's like six, seven minutes long. But you've got to watch this one of the greatest exchanges I've ever seen on Capitol Hill. This is between Matt Gates, Mark Milley, and Lloyd Austin. Play it for me. Recognized. February 26, 2020, House Armed Services Committee, General Mark Milley. We know we're not going to defeat the Taliban militarily, and they're not going to defeat the government of Afghanistan militarily. You really blew that call, didn't you, General? I believe that that was an issue of strategic stalemate, and that if we had remained in Afghanistan, uh, with the advisory levels of effort than the government of Afghanistan. Well, that's, that's an interesting Afghan answer to a question. Forces. It's just not one I asked. You spent more time with Bob Woodward on this book than you spent analyzing the very likely prospect that the Afghanistan government was going to fall immediately to the Taliban, didn't you? Not even close, Congressman. Oh, really? Because you said right after Kabul fell that no one could have anticipated the immediate fall of the Ghani government. When did you become aware that Joe Biden tried to get Ghani to lie about the conditions in Afghanistan? He did that in July. Did you know that right away? I'm not aware of what President Biden You're not aware of the phone call that Biden had with Ghani where he said, whether it is true or not, we want you to go out there and paint a rosy picture of what's going on in Afghanistan. You're the chief military advisor to the president. You said that the Taliban was not going to defeat the government of Afghanistan militarily, which, by the way, they cut through them like a hot knife through butter. And then the president tries to get Ghani to lie. When did you become aware of that attempt? Well, there's two things there, Congressman, if, if I may. One is what I said was the situation was stalemate. And if we kept advisors with there, the government of Afghanistan and the army would have still been there. That's what I said. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But it seems wrong now. With well, Taliban we would throw all the, the we would throw all the Austin. Secretary Austin, are you capable of assessing whether another has the will to fight? No, we're not. And uh, that's the point that the chairman made earlier. So. That's just like an incredibly disappointing thing for the Secretary of Defense to simply say, I can't assess whether someone has the will to fight, but it is consistent with your record. I mean, during the Obama administration, I think they gave you about $48 million to go train up some folks in Syria to go take on the Assad government. And I think your testimony was that only four or five survived first contact with the enemy. So what confidence should this committee have in you or should the country have in you when you've now confessed to us and whether it's the swing and a miss in Afghanistan that General Milley talked to the Senate about yesterday, total failure, or whether it was your failures in Syria, you don't seem capable to look at a fighting force and determine whether or not they have the will. Well, Is recall, that an embarrassing? You recall, Congressman, that uh, the end result was a, a, uh, uh, the SDF that we stood up that was very, very instrumental in turning the, the, the tide of, uh, 
of, of battle up in Syria. Oh, yeah. Tur turned it so much. You've got Assad in power in Syria. You've got the Taliban in power in Afghanistan. I mean, where have you been? The focus was, the focus was ISIS, Congressman. And, we, and, and those forces uh, had significant uh, effect on, on the well, ISIS it, network. It just seems like you're chronically bad at this. And you have admitted that, I guess, which is to your credit. But, you know, when, when people in the military, like Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, stand up and demand accountability, when they say that you all screwed up, when they point out that General Milley's statement that the, tal you know, that, that the government of Afghanistan is not going to get defeated by the Taliban, well, he ends up in the brig. And you all end up in front of us, and your former employer, Raytheon, ends up with a lot of money, and we have poured cash and blood and credibility into a Ghani government that was a mirage. It fell immediately. And while the guy sitting next to you was off, you know, talking to Phil Rucker and was off doing his thing with Bob Woodward, we were buying into the big lie. The big lie that this, that this was ever going to be successful and that we could ever rely on the Afghanistan government for anything at all. You know, General Milley, you kind of gave up the game earlier when you said you wanted to address elements of your personal conduct that were in question. We're not questioning your personal conduct. We're questioning in your official capacity going and undermining the chain of command, which is obviously what you did. You, you've created this whole chain of Did not of undermine the chain narrative. of command in yeah, the manner did. they performed. You absolutely Congress. did. And it, did not. Well, you know what? You said yesterday that you weren't going to resign when senators asked you this question. And I believe that you guys probably won't resign. You seem to be very happy failing up over there. But if we didn't have a president that was so addled, you all would be fired. Because that is what you deserve. You have let down the people who wear the uniform in my district and all around this country. And you're far more interested in what you're perception is and how people think about you in insider Washington books than you care about winning, Gentleman's which this time group has incapable of doing. Ms. Houlihan is recognized. There you go. So not one thing Matt Gates said was wrong. Those guys absolutely failed in Afghanistan, and now they're in charge of whatever military response we're going to do or not do in Ukraine. And Vladimir Putin knows that. Again, why, why are we at where we're at? Why does Vladimir Putin feel like he can just freely invade a country's next-door neighbor? Why does he feel like he can do that? Because of Mark Milley. Mark Milley. Because of General McKenzie. CENTCOM commander. That was the Marine general that we didn't even hear from. CENTCOM commander who was in charge of the Afghan debacle that we didn't even hear from. Because of Mark Milley. Milley because of Lloyd Austin. Because of General McKenzie. Vladimir Putin is watching. And he's going, I can do whatever the heck I want to do. I can do whatever I want to do because these clowns are in charge. And the only thing they care about is transgenderism and homosexual rights. Tom, you wouldn't allow homosexuals in the military? Absolutely not. Why is that even a question? Absolutely not. Not don't ask, don't tell, not allowed. Transgenders, not allowed. Women in combat, not allowed. What, oh, you know, how dare you say, I don't care. I am not going to sit here and appease lunatics by embracing their lunacy. Women cannot fight as well as men in combat, period. Period. Please watch videos of the Los Angeles Fire Department tryouts sometime. When you get a chance, pull that up on YouTube. Listen, I love, I would rather do business with a woman. If I have to hire somebody to get a job done, 
I usually go and try to get a woman to do it because they always return my calls and they're far more organized than men. However, I was in law enforcement for 25 years. And if I had to have somebody drag me out of a building, being that I'm 250 pounds, I would prefer the man sitting right across me, former Marine. His name's Will, one of the people that is putting together this show right now. I'd much rather have him than a 120 pound f- female police officer. Why is this even a question? If, if you dare say that, then that makes you some sort of what? Some sort of racist, misogynist. It doesn't make anything. It's absolute fact. It just is what it is. You don't put gay men in the military with hetero men. You don't put women in the military with fighting alongside men because they're not capable of doing the same thing that men can do. Period. That's a fact. It's, how is that not a fact? It's absolute fact. And to sit there, it's the same example that I used on Sunday morning at the church and on Tuesday during the podcast. If you sit there and go, no, I believe the sexes are all equal and that women should fight along men in combat. Well, really, that's this. And you're afraid and you're afraid to say anything that goes against that. You're afraid, even as a Christian who's supposed to be standing in the truth and you're afraid to come out and actually espouse facts. You're afraid of saying what is factually true because it'll offend people who don't embrace facts. Well, it's the same idiocy and lunacy of all those people standing around the pool at the Ivy League swimming championships while Leah Thomas, a biologically penist man, is swimming. Yeah, penist man. That's my own terminology. Penist. He is a penist man is swimming in the pool. All you got to do is look at his, he wears a female bathing suit some of the time and some of the time he doesn't. All you got to do is look. He's a penist man, is swimming in the pool and all the parents watching their their kids, their female children being obliterated in the pool by minutes or seconds when most swimming competitions are decided by tenths and and one hundredths of seconds now being blown away by a biological man as he sets one female record after another with his penis. <laughs> and you sit there, oh, wow. Yeah, put it up. That's not the right kid, though. But he also, that's another, it's, no, it's a different guy. Aaron's showing me pictures. That's, that's the other guy. There's two guys that actually swam in him. I can't remember that guy's name. Throw it in there. Go ahead and throw it up. This is another one. If you can, side by side it. You can't, okay, don't worry about it, just get off. But anyway, so that was another guy. That was not Leah Thomas. That was another guy that was also swimming in the Ivy League Championships. I can't remember his name. Now, what they say about that guy is that he is, I don't even understand it. The picture that Aaron just showed is a man that they say is transitioning into a man and hasn't taken testosterone yet, but yet currently is a man. That's that's where we're at. That's, this is why... Vladimir Putin feels like he can run all over the planet because Americans stand around a pool and go, oh, congratulations, Leah Thomas. You're the female penis champion. Yes, that's where we're at in the military with Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin and General McKenzie and all of the rest of the woke the the admiral, I can't remember his name now, the admiral that we showed a minute ago, they're all stand around. They'd be standing around that pool calling a biological man woman's champion. And that's why the Vladimir Putin wouldn't do that. I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm not saying he has any virtue at all. I'm not saying he doesn't. 
I'm just saying that he wouldn't stand around a pool looking at a female with a penis calling her the female swimming champion. You see what I'm saying? This is why he feels like, you know what? I want to drive my freaking tanks into the Ukraine. Who's going to stop me? Mark Milley? Mark Milley would stand there and say, look at the female champion. Who's going to stop me? That's why we are at where we're at. Put the next one, Will. So here you go. The defense ministers of Sweden, Norway, Netherlands, and Germany. The defense minister of Russia. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I honestly do. Tom, are you saying that you think the defense ministers should be men? Yes. I don't care. Stop watching me. Call me what you want. Everyone already thinks I'm a racist, bigot, misogynist, whatever. I don't care. And Call me whatever you want. I would prefer that men who have fought in wars, like the man standing right across me, right sitting right across me right now, producing this show. I would prefer him to be in charge of a fighting force than a bunch of liberal elitist world economic forum, bourgeois snobby women. Yes. Sorry. It is what it is. Now, if I was to pick who to marry, I would pick the woman. You see, if I listen, if I were to pick who would, who would be, who I would go into business with, I would probably pick a woman. Because they're way, they, to me, they're way more disciplined most of the time. There's obviously different, obviously exceptions to that rule. I pick most women. I would go into business with women more than I'd go into business with myself. Because who knows if I'm ever going to call you back. <laughs> Good luck with me answering your text messages. Who knows? Some days I do. Some days I don't. My wife always answers them. Now here's the next one. So here's, here's Putin's response. So you've got, here, go back to the one before, Will, so I'll set this up. So you've got ministers of Sweden, minister, the defense ministers, put that up. So there you go. There's the defense ministers of Sweden, Norway, Netherlands, and Germany. And here's Putin's response. Put that up for me. Here's Putin's response. There it is. If that's, I mean, it's easy target. And here, put up the next one, Will. Here's the American response. There he is, Richard Levine. And that's why, hey, can you play Putin again for me? Here's, here's Putin's response to Richard Levine. There you go. Have that queued up at any moment. You can have that queued up. So there you go. Let's go to this one. Ukraine world to go back to the serious real quick. Ukrainian woman confronts Russian soldiers. You ready, Will? Play it for me. So you have a Ukrainian woman under threat of life and limb, losing life and limb, going up to a giant Russian soldier and this is what the Biden administration does. Put up there for me, Will. There you go. Biden taps non-binary drag queen to look after nuclear waste. MIT graduate and kink activist says, <laughs> says it will be enormous challenge to take a top level. Now keep this up. Vladimir Putin is watching. And we have a kink activist. Say it's going to be an enormous challenge to take on top level Department of Energy role. Go to the next one for me. 
Here we go. Our enemies are laughing at us. Here's our, our enemies are laughing at us. Starter pack. There they all are. All of these right now are currently employed by the Biden administration. That's Richard Levine. And the middle guy's name is Cooper, who dresses like a woman. And I don't know the other guy's name. I can't remember it. But you'll see a couple more pictures of him for sure. There's our starting pack. Here's the next one. Here's Putin's response to that. Play it for me. <laughs> there it is. This is what it is. That's what he's thinking. You side by side it and keep him laughing. This is what Putin is side by side it. There you go. That's what Putin is thinking every time when I show you these pictures. We're hiring people who are non-binary. Do you think they even use that terminology in Russia? Non-binary, not non-binary, uh, multi-binary, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah, he's, this, this is funny. This is why he feels like that he can just send his tanks into the Ukraine. Look at where we are at. This is absolute fact. Let's go to this one now. Biden, this is YouTube. Tucker Carlson again. Biden is making a mockery of the U.S. military. Play it for him. Last year, we learned that China has quickly developed the world's largest naval force. In 2015, China had 255 battle force ships. Now they have more than 360. And many of those ships are more capable than anything in the American naval fleet. So how are we responding to this? Well, at the White House yesterday, Joe Biden addressed it effectively. What's the American military's response? Here's what Joe Biden said. Some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work, where we're making good progress, designing body armor that fits women properly, tailoring combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, and updating, uh, updating requirements for their st hairstyles. And some of it is going to take an, uh, you know, an, an intensity of purpose and mission to really change the culture and habits that cause women to leave the military. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. While China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine, whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. The bottom line is... It's out of control, and the Pentagon's going along with this. Again, this is a mockery of the U.S. military and its core mission, which is... Hey, Aaron, see if you can have some uh, Putin ready for me, if you can. Here's, take a look at this picture now. We'll put the pick up first. I, just, I titled this Multiple Headshots of Different person, uh, Military Personnel. This is all factual. Put it on the big screen, Will, so everybody can see a little better. There you go. That's, that's, uh, those are all men. <laughs> you can side-by-side side it now. <laughs> Those are, that's our military. You, you wonder why we are where we are. Now, I already covered, we never should have Biden, but now that we do, this is why, this is why Vladimir Putin is doing whatever the heck he wants to do. I mean, look at this. These are men dressed as women in the military, embraced by the military. Why Mark Milley puts out books about understanding transgenderism and racial equity and sexual uh, sexual e equity whatever it may be gender equity this is what's going on in our military that's why vladimir putin has no fear of the united states military he shouldn't we are an absolute mess you're like tom it's not patriotic to say that it's what's true is true 
It's like they say it's not patriotic to say that election was fraudulent. You're attacking our democracy. Well, they define democracy however they want and then claim that you're attacking it whenever you go against what they say. Well, you're attacking the military. I'm absolutely attacking the Wokotopian military that we have right now that did not exist two years ago. And now look at us. And that's why Vladimir Putin can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. He has absolutely no fear whatsoever. Go to the next pick, Will. There he is again. This, one, this, is, by, this is the guy in charge of nuclear waste. Yeah, it's okay. This is, a, this is a Biden employee. Go to the next one for me. Dylan Carter video. Recent footage, which has appeared online, shows Russian shells landing in Ukrainian-controlled villages. This is what happens. Now, this is real-world stuff. While Joe Biden is worried about gender equity and transgender equity and racial equity and rooting out white privilege and doing privilege walks, shells are landing in the Ukraine because Vladimir Putin doesn't give a crap about any of that stuff and doesn't give a crap about the United States military because the United States military is trying to make sure that they hire enough transgenders and homosexuals to make themselves feel like virtuous people. Play it for me. Попали нам вазопровод. Во подлюки. Лупят по нашему дому, по тридцать второму дому. Back to me. So this poor woman has to live like this because of the weakness of Joe Biden. Put it up there, Will, that pick. This is our military. Again, just a different angle. Didn't want you to forget. the. I call it the half circle of military ladies. I don't even, honestly, uh, uh, let's go left to right. <laughs> if we start at the left, my wife just said, do we have to? Yes, we have. This is very important. They break this down. If we start at the left there... <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but yeah, thank you for the music. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if that's a man. For sure. The one to the far left. Now we go to the middle right, absolute male. And then we go to the to the to the <laughs> middle right, maybe to the one that's almost to the far right. Second to the second to the far right, absolute male. And right next to us, I mean <laughs> I mean it has to be male. I mean, you're, it. I have to say it. Is that, is that a proper pronoun? Are you allowed to say it, them, they, whatever may be? Gender pronouns are very important also inside the military while bombs are dropping on Ukrainian women. But, but don't worry. Joe Biden has these, they, thems in charge of the military. So rest assured, be at peace tonight and know that these people are in charge. I'm, I'm sure that these guys, women, whatever they are, I'm sure that they are really good at strapping on M16s and charging Russian military personnel, right? Remember the picture of the Ukrainian woman chastising the Russian soldier? Uh, that Russian soldier, he, he didn't look like this. This is where, this is absolute factual data. This is where we are as a country after only one year 
of a bourgeois, elitist, globalist, World Economic Forum finger puppet named Joe Biden. One year, and this is where we're at. Let's go to the next one, Will. U.S. Army, this is from Time Magazine, makes it harder to dismiss transgender troops. Transgender U.S. Army Reserve Captain Sage Fox speaks during a uh, press conference entitled Perspectives on Transgender Military Something Service. I can barely see it, but it's right underneath there. So there you go. That's the, the Biden is very concerned about the U.S. Army making it harder to dismiss transgender troops. If it was up to me, dismiss them all now. Play it for me, Aaron. <laughs> there you go. YouTube video right here. General Mark Milley defends teaching critical race theory. Play it for me, Will. Sure. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School. I just love Matt Gates. I love him. So here, here's the video now. Remember, why, why are we talking about all this? Because why does Vladimir Putin feel free without any shame, without any hesitation, without any fear whatsoever? Why does he feel like he can just drive his tanks right into the Ukraine. Play it for me, Will. There you go. That was short. That wasn't the video I was looking for, but it's the one I gave you. It's my fault, guys. That wasn't the video I was looking for. Put up the next one for me. I just can't. There's so many pictures of this guy. I just can't help put him up. This is a this is a part of the Biden administration. The guy with the orange mohawk doing whatever it is that he's doing and try not to look to the bottom right of your screen but I did <laughs> you just looked didn't you but this is this is a member of the Biden administration go to the next one for me Will she, no just go to the next video um, Chef Andrew Gruel video father saying goodbye to his family in Ukraine no words play it for me The next slide shows how much Joe Biden cares about it. Play that, put that up for me, Will. There he is. Put up the next pick for me. <laughs> he doesn't care. 
He doesn't care whatsoever. All he cares about is that he looks good to his political base, that he looks good to Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, that he looks like he's virtuous, that he says, you know what? The military is a social experiment for transgenders, homosexuals, females, and everybody else. And who cares about these poor people in Ukraine? Because Vladimir Putin doesn't care at all. Vladimir Putin has absolutely no fear of this man whatsoever because he's been watching him for over a year and he's been watching the Wokotopian military for more than a year and watch them push out one liberal agenda item after another. You know what the job of the military is? To break things and kill people. That is the job of the military. Period. It's just like education. The job of an educator is reading, writing, arithmetic, and history. Not, not, not various social issues. Not having a closet where your kids come in. I played that video off of TikTok. A, clo- a transition closet where your seven-year-old comes into school and transitions into being whatever they want to be. That's not the job of the teacher. And the job of the military is to break things and kill people. Credit Rush Limbaugh. That's exactly what he used to say all the time. All right, go to the next one. Just got to show you again. There he is. (laughs) There's so many pictures of him online. I just couldn't resist it. Biden nominee, Biden administration employee right there. Jerry Dunleavy video. Here's, Here's John Kerry's viewpoint on Vladimir Putin. Play it for me. President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing and his infrastructure is at risk and the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. What we need to do with the climate is John Kerry's is, is what John Kerry's concerned about. But here's what's happening in Ukraine right now. Play it for me, Will. Super concerned about the climate, right? And they need to remember something. They can sanction Vladimir Putin all they want. They have limitless gas. They have limitless food. You can do whatever you want. And by the way, just like with North Korea, just like all, you know, just like sanctioning Afghanistan or anybody else, China will be right there to fill the void. They can sanction them all they want. What you need to do is have a strong, non-social issue-based military. Now here's another useless swamp rat named Lindsey Graham. Play it for me. And watch the rights of one group be eviscerated. It's just a matter of time that it comes back to haunt us. It's a little galling to be lectured by people with impossibly generous congressional pensions about sacrifices that you get to make. But it's especially infuriating to hear the last guy who's speaking of food prices has skipped very few meals recently tell you that looking at history informs you of everything you need to know about the future. Really? What sort of history are we talking about? How about last year when the withdrawal from Afghanistan humiliated, degraded, and weakened this country? Did Lindsey Graham, who supposedly cares about the military, do a single thing to improve it? Did he call for the resignation of any person responsible for that humiliating disaster that resulted in the deaths of American citizens? No, he didn't. And those same people are now in charge of our strategy in Ukraine. 
So you could call that history and it might be worth learning from it. And one of the things you learn is the people currently in charge have an extensive and easily verifiable track record of failure when they intervene into the highly complex affairs of other countries, countries whose languages they don't speak and whose histories they don't understand. People who by hubris and boredom wind up interjecting themselves into places they know nothing about. But the bigger question really for Lindsey Graham is when is the last time he did anything, one thing to improve the life of an American citizen other than himself? Gas prices will go up, food prices will go up. Well, that's okay because it won't affect Lindsey Graham. He doesn't have kids and he's got that generous congressional pension. He's set. But what about you? Well, you're going to be repaid in virtue. Now, it's not cash. It's not even cryptocurrency. It's better. For the rest of your life, you can feel good about having supported something called democracy, something that is in shorter supply in this country than it's ever been, but something that we hope to defend in a country you can't identify on a map. And let's make sure that we understand this about the Ukraine. First of all, I want to say this. Where's the Ukraine resistance? It's the second largest country in all of Europe. Has the only, only population larger than Ukraine is Germany. And I'm just wondering, why, where, why are they not fighting? All of all the American weaponry, all of the billions of dollars that's been spent, why are they not fighting more ferociously than they are? Secondly, you need to remember something. Ukraine is not a democracy. So when you hear Eric Swalwell or Nancy Pelosi says, we need to stand for democracy... Ukraine's not a democracy. They've locked up uh, the current president, Zelensky, has locked up all of his political opponents. Let me reiterate that. All of his political opponents are locked down. That's just like Justin Trudeau. And he's locked up all opposition media. Uh, who, uh, just like Justin Trudeau. And this is not a democracy. It's basically all that they do, this is what they do every single time, is they use a word and they define it however they want and then criticize you for attacking whatever it is that they're describing. So they say, uh, this is democracy. How is the Ukraine a democracy? How is it a democracy when, when your political opposition's in prison? How is it a democracy? Don't attack democracy. So your definition of democracy is, you get installed as a leader, lock up all opposition media and all opposition politicians, and that's your version of democracy. And if I attack that, then I'm attacking democracy. Just like they say I'm attacking democracy when I say, you know what? I want forensic audits of the elections in Arizona, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Wisconsin. I want forensic audits. You're attacking democracy. So your version of democracy is non-transparency. So if I attack non-transparency, I'm attacking democracy. See? No, thank you. We're good. So you have Lindsey Graham doing absolutely nothing. I thought one of the most poignant points in that dissertation by, by Tucker Carlson was that Lindsey Graham said absolutely nothing about Mark Milley, Lloyd Austin, or General McKinsey after the Afghan debacle. Absolutely no, no call for anybody to be fired. 13 American soldiers blown to freaking bits at the Abbey Gate at Harmi Kazide Airport, an airport of which the Taliban said, you can just have it and we'll disappear. Of which Mark Milley, Lloyd Austin, and General McKenzie and Joe Biden and Kamala said, no, you guys can just go ahead and stay. So there'll be all huge crowds all around you. So we can't differentiate who's a bomber and who's not.
And by the way, they were warned 12 hours before the bomb went off that it was coming. And all of these people's babies are dead. They're never coming back. There are no sequels, which by the way, all of these people will find out on judgment day. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face, the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. And death and hell delivered up the dead, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15, called the great white throne judgment. All of these liars, all of these purveyors of perversion, all of these power pervert liars will stand before God individually and be judged be at peace and know that newsmax video surveillance videos captured visuals of russian tanks play it for me you to see the reality of it there's no there's nothing more to see just wanted you to see the reality of vladimir putin as he's watched our wokeutopian military over the last year or two and now he feels free you know what? i'm just going to send my tanks in why would he feel that way cue that next video for me will I'm why would he feel that way well here's a, here's our cia's recruitment video play it for me i'm a woman of color i am a mom i am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am intersectional but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you. go bring it back to me so here's the people don't forget we're going to run these all in a row for you i want you to be at peace knowing that these people are in charge of the united states military play it for me we must together work together to see where we are where we are headed where we are going and our vision for where we should be but also see it as a moment yes to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities 
What point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Today, the world heard clearly the full extent of Vladimir Putin's twisted rewrite of history, going back more than a century as he waxed eloquently, noting that, well, I'm not going to go into it, but nothing in Putin's lengthy remarks indicate any interest in pursuing real dialogue. Hey, Will, I'm going to have you load this up for me. That Scottish COVID-19 statistics for me, that's what I'm going to close with because I want everyone to see that because it's such big news. So just tell me when you got it. So those people are in charge. Now, I want you to see these statistics. I'm going to finish right here. You want to, just because I didn't get them anything about vaccinations tonight or anything, but I want you to see the statistics. This is why it's very convenient now that there's a international war happening. Very convenient because look at the statistics. And by the way, I want you to know this because I've got the article sitting right here from the Daily Mail. CDC is refusing booster info. They're refusing to release booster info from Justin Hart, from the New York Times. Breaking CDC not publishing hospitalization rates of the vaccinated. So the CDC is not putting out data about how the effectiveness of boosters and the CDC is not publishing data. Thank you. The CDC is not publishing data about the hospitalization rates of those who are vaccinated. All right, go back to that graph for me, Will, in closing. There we go. I want you to see it. Vax, unvaccinated are in the blue. Vaccinated are in the orange. This is why the CDC won't, relate, won't release the data because they're afraid that you'll misinterpret their, the information. How do you misinterpret this? There's no way to misinterpret any of this. So vaccination status. So you got 72% of, of Scotland is vaccinated. 28% is not. So it cases, cases of COVID-19 occurring in Scotland, 85.8% of them are occurring among the vaccinated. Only 14% are occurring among the, un, among the unvaccinated. Strange, isn't it? Strange. I, I guess that the COVID vaccine doesn't stop transmission or infection. Strange, but yet it's mandated. You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel because they mandate it so that you won't transmit COVID, yet the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. So here we go. Hospitalization rate. Uh, 78, remember how they said, well, okay, we'll go ahead and say that, you know what, the vaccination doesn't stop infection or transmission, but it'll keep you out of the hospital and keep you from dying. Well, let's take a look, shall we? So hospitalization rates in in Scotland, 78.5% of COVID hospitalizations are fully vaccinated people and only 21.5%. Well, you're like, well, that's lining up with how many people are vaccinated and how many people are not. Correct. So the vaccinations do what then, folks? Absolutely freaking nothing but harm. They do nothing but harm. They don't stop transmission. They don't stop, uh, they don't stop infection. They don't stop hospitalizations. And they don't stop death. All they do is cause them. And by the way, what will occur? Leave this up, Will. What you're going to see happen over the next several months, days, and years, what you will see happen is all of these people, because they no longer have an immune system, they will die of COVID and then COVID will be blamed again. You look at the last one, death rate. 20.5% 20 of people dying of COVID in Scotland 
are not vaccinated and 80% of the people dying of COVID in Scotland are fully vaccinated individuals. This is absolute fact. And again, they'll break out their usual rhetoric, which is, well, this is following, of course, this is following lines among those who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. That makes no sense because you said that vaccinations stop transmission, that vaccinations stop infection, that vaccinations stop hospitalizations, that vaccinations stop deaths. They don't do any of those things. So you're saying, well, of course, 70% of those in the hospital are fully vaccinated because 70% of the population is fully vaccinated. But no, that makes no sense because you said that the the vaccination would stop hospitalizations. It makes absolutely no sense. This is why you're seeing a war suddenly pop up because this information is coming out. We have prayed that it would, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. Back here, Saturday night, do not miss on CTN everywhere. All of you on Rumble, share, 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 because on Facebook, they won't let me share. Get out the word. Let's get as much truth out to the world as we possibly can. Love you all. God bless you. See you Saturday night. Lots of other churches are closing. They're done. And I'm talking about even churches that were small mitigators. You know what? You come in, we're, we're keeping our church open, but make sure everybody sits six feet apart. Make sure that you've got alcohol gel on. You can mask if you want. You can do what you just feel comfortable. Bring your own lawn chair. Sit in your COVID clumps, but we're actually open. It's absolute insanity. We are never going to be involved in any of that garbage ever. The thing is, we're never going to close. We never will. That's the way that it is. I don't care who the governor is of Florida. I don't care who the president is, is of the United States. The Constitution says we have freedom of religion, freedom to assemble, and we will stand. We will stand. Period. Always. We will stand. We will not. And this is what happens when you do stand and you implement the Word of God. seed into the southern outpost of freedom. There is no other church like this one. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Praise you, Lord, for this building in Jesus' mighty name. Check out our new TLP trucker hat. When you give $25 or more to the podcast, we will ship one out to you. Thank you for investing in the program, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hey, I'm Aaron Yeager, producer of the Tom Lively Podcast. If you can't get enough of the show, you can always tune in and watch us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also go live every Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is also on the Christian Television Network. You can always watch live at TomLikely.com, which is our preferred platform, or on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube. If you miss a live broadcast, you can always go back 
and watch on Rumble or TomLifely.com. It's also available as an audio-only show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in. Thank you.